0: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton, Kelly Barner, and Kim Winner here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Kelly, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? Happy Monday, everybody.
0: Happy Monday.
2: Great to see you. Uh, and Kim Winner. Kim, how are you doing? Hola. Buenas tardes, señoritas, no, nosotros estamos de campo, les pillas. Elecante, Vasil Valencia, Regional, Eto, Elche, Sata Polo, El Costa Mediterrane.
0: Man, Kelly, that is uh, that's quite an opening, huh?
1: Quite an opening, but I didn't hear the one word that really knocked us all dead in the in the green room, which was sangria. I forgot, there was the one word, Kim. Was it at the end there?
2: Well, here I am in the coast of the Mediterranean, southern Spain, between two conferences in the beautiful Elche, right on the coast here, uh, not far from Ibiza. Man,
0: I am so jealous. You, you, oh, you yes. shared some of the pictures. Uh, with this, uh, you do, If anyone deserves a big break, Kelly, it is Kim Winter. So we're going to touch more on his global travels throughout the hour. But hey, Kelly, Kim, and everybody, today it's the Supply Chain Buzz where we share some of the leading stories across global business every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. We're discussing a variety of topics here today. It's the Dial P for Procurement Edition, right? Uh, Kelly's a very popular podcast focused on the wide world, sexy world of procurement. But folks, get ready because beyond what Kelly and Kim will be talking about, want to hear from you too. So use that, uh, the skyboxes, the comment section to share your perspective throughout the, uh, hour. Okay. So Kelly and Kim, uh, I want to share one quick event, uh, a very important initiative that we are uh, supporting and partners of, and we want to invite folks to get involved. So, uh, folks, the leveraging logistics for Ukraine effort continues, uh, it's probably seven or eight months, um, uh, deep at this point. Despite what you see on the news headlines, the need is still massive. And uh, folks, um, it's really easy to get involved um, and get get involved with impact. Um, Numerous containers have uh, uh, made it across uh, the ocean and have uh, hit boots on ground with families, individuals in need. Uh, And so our next plan, we have one planning session per month right, for folks to get involved, just kind of uh, jump into the session, wrap their head around what's going on. There's no obligation to, to donate anything unless you would like. And the next planning session is coming up Tuesday, October 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We've dropped the link to that in the comments. And we'd love for you to join in this um, multi-party, multi-company. There's lots of folks getting together, whole family of folks getting together, uh, led by our friends at Vector Global Logistics to help folks in need. And Kelly and Kim, Kelly, I know we all know we're kinder spirits there and doing good and uh, with results, right?
1: Absolutely. And they've. I have to say, they've done a wonderful job with this, not only meeting need, but allowing that need to evolve mm. as conditions on the ground in Ukraine have evolved. So a really tremendous effort to get behind and support.
2: Excellent point, Kelly. And Kim, your thoughts? Yeah, I've been in a few of the, of the meetings with the folks, uh, especially when I've been up here in Europe. Uh, we're working with a number of organizations on convoys into poland and into ukraine of course from the very beginning of this uh, conflagration and uh you know the folks over at uh, the vector are doing an awesome job so i can only say you know out to them and uh please folks get on get on the line see what you can contribute and some of the folks in the u.s contributing has just been huge some of the carriers and, and some of the suppliers exactly i could not echo your comments more
0: kim and kelly uh, it's a pleasure to, to collaborate with both of you and your respective organizations to, in a, in a variety of different um, uh, do-good initiatives. And we're going to touch on one towards the end of today's call. And we're looking forward to to that, sharing that uh, uh, results-focused uh, do-good work uh, at the end of the buzz. Uh, but for now, Kelly and Kim, before we get into the headlines, some of the headlines, let's say hello to a few folks. And I want to start with um, a, a gentleman that we met earlier today. Shalindra, great to see you back. Good morning to you from Delhi, India. It was good to connect for a second earlier, so great to have you here. Looking forward to your perspective. Uh, Hey, Jeffrey, the one and only Jeffrey Ostrander is back. Hey, Jeff. Kelly, how about that? We'll Uh, always
1: like to have Jeff with us.
0: The famous supply chain artiste.
1: I know, Uh, and in Spanish (laughs) as well.
0: That's right. Uh, And he is tuned in from Houston, so great to see you there. Uh, Shelly Phillips is with us once again from chicago today so uh, kim usually shelly is tuned in from colorado but she's up in chicago i bet an event we'll find out um, okay but love the new headshot there uh once again shelly hey jonathan jonathan has added a new credential great to have you back the cscp kim kelly y'all ever heard of the cscp been there yep. been to a conference in the u.s ah. philadelphia philadelphia really yeah well Jonathan, congrats. Uh, that is a wonderful uh, credential to add. Uh, Dr. Rhonda, she likes, she's liking the calm pre-show music. I'm with you, uh, Dr. Rhonda. I hope this finds you well and your wonderful efforts at uh, Work Life 360. Of course, we got Catherine, Chantel, Amanda, Clay, all the behind the scenes helping make production happen. Appreciate what they do there. Ghazi, good evening from Dubai, the UAE. Ghazi via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Ghazi.
2: Hey, Gazzy, one of my clients. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like how you just, uh, Kelly, so he, did, he just erased the the mystery right there. I made that connection. I love that. <laughs> Blessed are the connectors in this life for sure. Hey, Cecil, great to see you via LinkedIn. Great to have you back. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Thomas, good evening from Cologne in Germany via LinkedIn. Great to see you there, uh, uh-huh. Thomas. Oh, is he? Okay. It's our
2: business partner, and he's going to be on the show soon. You wait.
0: He's
2: got some news
0: for you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Rowett uh, is back with us. Great to see you here today via LinkedIn. Jose Montoya doing great work, Uh, also creating great content for supply chain and logistics. Great to see you. Gene Pledger is with us from northern Alabama. Uh, Great to see you, Gene. And finally, Erica. Uh, good morning uh, via LinkedIn Erica let us know where you're tuned in from I know we couldn't hit everybody's comments but y'all keep them coming we're gonna try to feature everyone's uh, we're trying to feature a lot of y'all's comments in these stories as we unpack some of the news leading news across global business okay so Kelly and Kim I want to start by talking talent today Kelly and Kim mm. and Kim and in, in just a second I, I want to get you to um, give us an update of, of what you and your team are seeing across the global talent market but Kelly, and Kim, are y'all okay if I share a little bit of a neat little story first? Of course. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, I, I, I learned this little nugget when I was with Paul Noble down in Florida at an industry event, and I'd forgotten it, right? Paul, of course, leads Verison. And then over the weekend, uh, I'm, I'm a big Wall Street Journal fan. I'm, I'm diving in a couple of papers, I'm getting caught up on. And there's a book, you know, there's a lot of talk about quitting in in global talent market. Quiet quitting is a bit mm-hmm. getting a lot of attention. Well, There was a recent book published around this notion, but the article of this book review started with this little story. So um, back in November 2012, a video game company founder was going through a lot of soul searching, like many entrepreneurs have to do. And this gentleman arrived at the conclusion that the startup he was leading wasn't going to take off. So the founder quit. He emailed his investors, returned their money, and right away he began to search for his next venture. Well, one aspect of his now defunct video game company was very popular and very effective. It was an internal communication platform that his team really enjoyed. So the founder made that, that platform, his next startup, and he named the company by forming an acronym of the phrase searchable log of all conversations and knowledge. And in July 2021, about nine years later, Stuart Butterfield would sell Slack to Salesforce. Y'all ready? for $27.7 billion. Wow. So as we as we talk talent here, I'm sure there's lots of folks right now really questioning where they are or what their next move is and doing some soul searching, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a practitioner out there in the world. But hey, that, that story there should give you hope and inspire you because you never know that next move you make, even if it's a painful and a scary one, could be your $27.7 billion decision. So quick reaction, uh, Kelly, I'll start with you, quick reaction to the story of Slack.
1: I give him credit for having the courage, right? You got to be decisive. You have to, I mean, certainly returning the money, that's really scary because it could have impacted his ability to raise money in the future. But clearly the results have borne themselves out. And I think that's an amazing story.
0: Agreed. And we're big Slack fans here. Use it religiously. Kim, your quick thoughts?
2: Yeah. You know, I think I've just been on the wires today actually catching up and, uh, you know, there's at least a dozen companies that are going to the wall at the moment, big startups, um, raising hundreds of millions of dollars over the last five, six years that are not making it because there's a bit of a downfall now uh, economically around the traps. So at the end of the day, for the entrepreneurs out there, for the founders who are prepared to really go for it, you know, more kudos to them. And, uh, you know, you've just got to get the right people, the right amount of funding in at the early days and, and go hard and get the right people around you. So well done to those guys.
0: Agreed, and that's a what a, what a wonderful segue here. Uh, because as Jeff puts it, uh, love the talent. Thoughts: the most critical part of supply chains effectiveness over time. Jeff, that's poetic. Uh, you and Kim and Kelly got something in common there. because uh, so Kim, sticking with global talent observations, I think uh, if you could share what you're seeing, maybe on the candidate side, some some themes there. I know y'all do a lot of research, and what you're seeing, maybe from the hiring manager side. Your thoughts, Kim.
2: Yeah, so so I've been. We talked top of the show off camera. Um, been on a on a fourteen tour, fourteen event tour, sixteen different cities, and we might talk about some of those events later on. On between two Barcelona, which was cold chain, and tomorrow I'm up to Madrid for the biggest fruit conference in Europe, uh, fruit attraction, and I've been MC at most of the events. And right. what I've been seeing really stark reminders of just how unstuck a lot of organisations are coming because they just can't get the right people resources in their mm. business. They can't get on the front foot. They're continuously trying to work with people that they've got and retain them, and a lot of companies are not focused enough on that, and they're losing people out the back door as quick as they're, as they're bringing them in the front door, yeah? So what we're seeing is uh, that graphic that you just put up before, I was sort yep. of this huge demand, and what we're seeing is, is t- not so much the the revenue or the remuneration that they're after, but they're looking for positions, career opportunities, more senior opportunities that wanna flex their muscles. And especially the last two or three generations, two or three after my baby boomer generation. These people want to see movement. They want to see dynamics. They want to see excitement in a role, even in tough times when the world's in a bit of chaos at the moment. You've got to look at that if you're a leader in your business and you're an employer. I don't know what you're seeing there uh, on the procurement side, Kelly, but for talent, but you know it's 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 pretty chronic out there at the moment, certainly in Europe and the Asia Pac where I've been.
1: Yeah, no, it's been it's been very intense, and as you can imagine, over the last couple of years, procurement professionals have been asked to step up and i do think that what those numbers show is that people are looking for recognition leadership influence even in a you know before money right we all want better salaries it increases our our flexibility our life choices all of those things but you have an awful lot more control over what you do during a given work day if you are able to get that bump up the corporate ladder
2: yeah the big the big play in town is is obviously culture yeah, as you say, uh, it's, it's a remuneration down track for them. It's, it's yeah. you know, are people happy? Are they in a culture where they can feel inclus- included, where there's plenty of diversity, inclusiveness, equity inside the business? I mean, five, seven years ago, this used to be nice to have and people would, as leaders, would yeah. play with these ideas. Now it's, you've got to be in the game. You've actually got to be genuinely and authentically bringing the level of culture into the business that people are interested in. Agreed.
0: Agreed. So, Kim, let's talk about on the hiring manager side. We've got one more graphic we want to share with folks here uh, based on your teams, your, your global teams, because you are a place in town everywhere. Yeah. Some things are seen from a hiring manager perspective. Speak to this, if you would.
2: Yeah. So we've got about a dozen teams and, and it's been great because for the first time in three years, I was with my teams in Australia. I've been with our teams in the, in the Middle East, of course, pretty regularly, but uh, out here in Europe. Uh, with Thomas and others, uh, our, our new Brazil office, our new Spain office, they have the folks at these events and I'm getting that same sort of feedback from everywhere and that is that you know the candidates um, the, the strongest candidates, those who are winning opportunities with clients are those who are bringing the most confidence into an interview. Do we need technical skills? Of course we do, but it's attitude, it's aptitude, it's confidence, it's agility, it's dynamism. These are the things that candidates need to bring to the table when they're going to an interview. This is what employers, this is what the research tells us. This is one of about a dozen LinkedIn polls that we've done recently that we're sharing with everybody, and we'll post it later.
0: Mm. Love that. Lo- lo- love the work y'all, your team does. Lots of content, you know, far beyond just procuring and placing talent. I mean, you're you're serving the industry very holistically. So I appreciate that, Kim. Kelly, uh, last comment as we talk t- talent in this first uh, uh, topic here on the Supply Chain Buzz. When it comes to the the interviews uh, and what hiring managers are looking to see, any, any thoughts on your end, Kelly?
1: I think it's fascinating that at this point, the technical skills are sort of table stakes. And then hiring managers are looking at more personality type things. Hopefully, they're taking advantage of some of the testing that's out there. Those are always interesting. And if you bring someone in, it sort of helps understand what the overall impact of the team is going to be. But I love the confidence is top. We've dealt with so much risk and uncertainty and disruption. And so even if you make a wrong call, which we're all going to do, I think being decisive, which to me stems from confidence, that's an incredibly important thing for a candidate to bring to a job.
2: Just, just on that one, uh, yeah. Kelly and, and Scott, one of our biggest clients who we serve across our twelve office network uh, was saying to me the other day. Uh, he was came to Barcelona for the meeting last week for the four day conference. It was a long one, uh, a lot of sangria there, but uh, Kelly. Uh, so, <laughs> but but what he was saying was, you know, the thing he is looking for for VPs and above, for general managers, presidents, in the side of his business, he quizzes them extensively. For, for days and sometimes weeks at different meetings on what was the worst things you've ever dealt with? Mm. What were the disasters you had to dig yourself out of? How did you do that? What was the and he needs to know the granular stuff. And on based on that, yes, Kelly, as he's saying, yep, sure, a bit of technical skill here and there. You've got to have it, right? But how do they deal with the tragic situations and how do they dig the business forward and how do they lead other people through this?
0: Well said. Well said and and two quick thoughts to that. Um, storytelling is a, is a wonderful skill to have, whether you're interviewing or just you're, you're doing your job, right? It's part of effective communication. Mm-hmm. And the number two, if, you know, one of the things we've heard a lot, especially as we've interacted with uh, veterans and military members looking to, you know, get their first job after military service, but we've also heard it's just, it's a common theme is a lot of folks don't practice interviewing and those practice interviews can really help you yeah. refine your storytelling and making sure you're putting your first, your, uh, best foot forward in a very confident manner, which is one of the things that Kim and Kelly both touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm going to share a couple of comments and, uh, we, we could spend a couple hours, especially based on <laughs> that. We're just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the research yeah. that Kim's group does. Uh, but, uh, we'll have to have a, a talent week, uh, mm-hmm. live stream, uh, down the road a little bit, but Hey, let's share Love a few you. comments. Um, Daniel is back with us. Daniel, hope this finds you well. Greetings from Chile, Boston, and May. Is it chilly up there?
1: Yes, and it's windy. So it's chilly, and then when the wind blows, it just cuts right through you. Daniel's absolutely right.
0: <laughs> well, Daniel, hope this finds you well. Uh, it does a lot of work in the risk management space, and good to see you here today. Hey, Peter Bolle, all night and all day, is back with us. Peter, hope this finds you well as well. Love to get an update on your uh, new initiatives you're leading out there. Uh, Cecil agreed with that first graphic, um, Kim, that you shared, uh, better work-life balance. It seems to be a dominant, uh, demand out there, uh, for sure. Uh, speaking of demand, Thomas says we actually have a very high demand in procurement and supply chain in Germany. So it seems to be a healthy market there, Kim.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas is in Cologne. We've been partners with him now for over two years and, uh, Yeah, he would have probably the most dynamic and largest uh, recruitment business for procurement in Germany in that Mm -hmm. part of Europe, actually.
0: Very interesting there. Uh, See, Jeff says, super hot market on the supply chain talent front. What young professionals need to see is a long-run trajectory versus the quick-rise burnout, which falls to many uh, professionals unprepared to fill the next level. Learn your peripheries, uh, Jeff says. Did he steal that from one of y'all, learn your peripheries? Uh, Kelly or Kim, he's got it in quotes. Oh, <laughs> so so just, I bet it's in a, uh, I bet it's in a, a book, or maybe maybe it's one of his mantras. But regardless, right. Jeff, well said there. Um, and and Shashi, we'll try to touch on this question. This is a question I think many hiring managers are, are struggling with. Um, you know, how do we find proficient and skilled workforce? If Kim, if you had to answer that in like thirty seconds or less, what would your answer to Shashi's question about how to find
2: it? What do you, what would your answer be? Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, in, in one liner, would be you know look outside your domain, look outside your backyard. Shashi, we've been online and know you. Welcome, uh, Namaste. Uh, and I and I would say just look across the broad spectrum. And I, I think you're in uh, Mumbai or maybe Delhi, but uh, you know there's so much up and coming talent in the subcontinent of India. Um, there's a massive amount of talent coming from the IT side. A lot of the big carriers, I know at the moment, a lot of the big logistics companies are hiring from the IT space, e-commerce space to okay. bring into logistics and supply chain.
0: Well said, Kim. Uh, and Kelly, you're quick. if you had one best practice or tip to share with Shashi, what would that be?
1: I would say segment your needs and meet them in different ways. Some are going to be full-time hires. Some are going to be temporary. Some are going to be contractors or service providers. But be willing to work with a blend of options.
0: That's wonderful, wonderful advice. Uh, By the way, Catherine loved, she says, I love personality and work style (laughs) tests, Kelly. Did anyone else go through a big Briar, Briars, a Myers Briggs phase? Uh, She says, hashtag ENFP. That Mm -hmm. must be the um, designations from the
2: test, huh?
1: INFJ.
0: Okay. All right. All right. There's
2: a really really good one in New Zealand, uh, actually in Australia now, by a Kiwi fellow Kiwi, and it's called My Profile. The yeah. My Profile, one word, My Profile. Look it up. Cheap, great test, behavioral assessment.
0: We will check that out, uh, Kim. Uh, you and Kelly are just the fountains of resources already <laughs> today. We're only 20 minutes in. Uh, a couple of quick comments here. Daniel says, need to be genuine and authentic. Spot on, Kim. Employees will see through false actions immediately and be turned off even more. Glorimar says, that study, Kelly and Kim, very on point. Unfortunately, managers tend to promote people that uh, any teams are great individual uh, contributors, not leaders, and leave those potential leaders sitting and watching. That, to me, adds to that quiet quitting, wishing nothing is different than disengaged people. And, Gloria Mara, I apologize. I botched part of your comment there, but Mm -hmm. excellent point. You've got to really be open-minded in terms of of who we uh, give the uh, conch shell to, right, Kelly and Kim? Absolutely. All right, we got a lot of comments, can't get to all of them. Y'all keep it coming, keep it coming. I want to move into this next uh story here today, uh, Kelly, on a somewhat related topic when it comes to talent. Because so we're talking FedEx Ground, yes. and it's ongoing, uh, saga might be a little strong, but ongoing conversations with oh no, saga
1: is appropriate,
0: okay, <laughs> <laughs> with the contractor world. So, and I love your headline. This is this is comes from a recent the procurement buzz, which is an excellent. Uh, Weekly newsletter that uh, you and your team create. Mm -hmm. Will Black Friday be purple this year? Kelly, tell us a lot more.
1: So, first of all, I hope Shelly Phillips is still here because she gets partial credit for this. If you've ever listened to Dial P, you know that I implore you don't just listen, be part of the conversation. Well, Shelly reached out to me in August and she said, Are you following this thing with FedEx grounds contractors? And To be totally honest, I wasn't. So I started digging, and what I found out led me to a perfect Dial P episode. It's very complicated, very messy. The long and short of it is that although we all think of FedEx Ground as being corporate provided, it's actually an enormous network of 6,000 contractors. And FedEx is not necessarily getting along with these contractors right now. Excellent, Shelly. I'm glad that you're here. So Shelly and I had some back and forth about this. We're both news junkies. But there's a couple of interesting things that come out of this. One is that the number one ground contractor has been sued in federal court by FedEx and has had all of his contracts canceled because I think FedEx sensed that there was maybe the rumblings of a union starting, which does actually violate on antitrust grounds his contract. But the other interesting thing we're getting to look at, and I think as supply chain professionals, is like peeking behind the curtain. FedEx Ground was started in 1985 as RPS, a low cost, low price organization to compete with UPS. And what's happened is that over time because of Amazon weekend deliveries, the ending of the, the smart post, the sort of USPS final mile from FedEx, these contractors have taken on so much more volume But it's at a very different price point. So working residential areas, you have to make more stops that are further apart and deliver less packages at each stop. And it's really just starting to look like both from FedEx's financials and also what we're hearing from the contractors, the model does not work anymore. Whether it's fuel, whether it's talent shortages, whether it's the cost to operate, it simply no longer works. And unfortunately, it's all going to get worked out very publicly because of this pending lawsuit.
2: Mm. Uh, Kim, your thoughts there. Yeah, this is resonating from, from just rolling back the years. I owned a trucking company in the 80s. So I had one truck and then I had a lot of trucks. And I got bought out by the company because I got too, they relied on me too much. And so it was, it was, it was rather than the unions, it was a communist plot by them, by me, to, to take over all the distribution. So, I mean, is it, it's the same old story, isn't it? How much do you control internally? How much do you go out on a 2PL, 3PL, 4PL basis? And, and we see this play out right across the ecosystem, right across the landscape uh, economically and throughout logistics and supply chain. is how much control are you comfortable with? Can you afford? How much can you output? Right. And, uh, of course, now we're seeing this play out, and FedEx is a, is a classic example, US, UPS, um, DHL, same sort of play. You know, how much do they try and control? It's a constant right. dynamic pull and push.
0: Agreed, agreed. Man, so much
2: going on in the world of FedEx Ooh. right now. Um,
0: but folks, uh, check out—you know—we're just giving you kind of like the um, the Cliff Notes versions. Cliff Notes still a thing, Kelly and Kim?
1: Oh yeah. And okay. actually, speaking of Cliff Notes, yes, we didn't talk about the purple. Mark okay. your calendar: Black Friday, November twenty fifth. Spencer Patton, which is the owner of that contractor that's been sued and discharged, he's called for a Purple Friday instead of a Black suggesting that the 6,000 FedEx ground drivers drag their feet, maybe don't show up, maybe don't deliver, <laughs> to demonstrate the leverage that they have. So that's what the Purple Friday is, and we're going to be watching to see if that happens.
0: Interesting. interesting. So interesting. And and Shelly says, Kelly is a star researcher, and I would add brighter to that, <laughs> the Anne Rice of Global Supply Chain. And yes, Shelly says, I am a fellow news junkie. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> well,
0: Shelly, you're also a wonderful um
1: most certainly. Uh,
0: you offer up moments of brilliance regularly in the comments here on the Buzz. So, Shelly, thank you for sharing, and thank and love that you and Kelly got together, and it led to the, this latest procurement Buzz. And by the way, really quick, Kelly, the procurement Buzz does it come out on a certain day each week? How can folks it does. learn more?
1: It comes out every Friday, um, and it's basically an exploration further of what I cover in Dial P that Thursday, plus anything else that I published that week. So, some people are. Is- People are listeners, some people are readers. It's never exactly the same. I always twist it up a little bit so it's not just like a transcript of Dial Page, it's very different. But absolutely, you can subscribe and you'll either get that on LinkedIn or in your email every single Friday.
0: Wonderful. Hey, I'm gonna work backwards here for a second. Uh, First off, the link to that latest procurement buzz is there. And as Kelly mentioned, there's all kinds of other resources in there. You can subscribe and you name it. So check that out. And then going back to our first topic, I should have done this, uh, Kim, with you and your group, logistics executive group. Uh, We've got a link that the team dropped, if I can find it. Uh, Well, they can maybe redrop it. We've got a link, though, to the current set, I believe, the current set of survey Uh, surveys that you and your team are still continuing to lead so you can share more um, insights with uh, yeah we'll we'll be
2: publishing uh we published four in a block just recently and we'll make sure that links up i'll stick it in the comments Sign later and also we've got another four uh all to do with talent all to do with procurement of people what are candidates want what are clients want just as tips to our listeners um around the world from here just as to what the trends are and what people are looking for
0: Wonderful. And I think this is the link there right there in the chat across each social platform to learn a lot more about uh, the logistics executive group and the polling. Um, okay. A lot of good stuff. And we're just halfway. We're not even halfway done. I got 1227 p.m. Eastern time. Kelly and Kim are quite the one 2 punch here today. Let's see. Oh, boy. Uh, we have quite <laughs> <laughs> we've got quite an article up next. I'm going to share this graphic first. So let me yes. just tee this up just a smidge. Uh, Kelly, this next story hit your radar in the last day or two. It involves mm-hmm. a senior procurement executive at one of the world's leading brands. But now it appears he's on his way out. So, Kelly, tell us more.
1: So, this gentleman in the lovely seafoam green suit sitting in his McLaren, uh, this is Tony Blevins, the former VP of procurement at Apple. And he was recently at a car show where a famous TikTok guy, was there going sort of car to car and asking his standard question, which is, what do you do for a living? Because we all want to know, what do you have to do to be able to afford to drive a McLaren? And his answer, which I will not repeat because this is a family live stream, (laughs) uh, is from the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore. Way back, sort of a cheeky response, uh, but Apple was none too pleased. He is now on his way out. And of course that's all very colorful. I mean, I would like for procurement to be in the news for other reasons, but if you read between the lines, we actually learned some things about how Apple procurement works from the coverage of that story. The first interesting thing that we learned is that Mr. Blevins used to report to the COO. Now, In many companies, procurement reports to operations, but in many companies, they report to finance. And so knowing where procurement sits tells you a little bit about the culture of the company, of the procurement organization, and of the type of value they're expected to deliver. So probably not a huge surprise that VP of procurement would report to operations, would be strategic at a company like Apple, but this is interesting public confirmation of that. So now we know. The other thing we found out is that He probably already wasn't super popular. He's what we might consider a traditional hard-nosed procurement professional. And some of the little colorful stories and stunts that have come out in the coverage of his time at Apple, uh, for instance, when you're negotiating with multiple suppliers in a given category, making sure that they either ran into each other in the lobby of the building or parading one group of supplier execs past a competing supplier while they're waiting for their turn to present some of those stories have started to emerge. So interesting little details we're getting about how the, that procurement team at Apple works, maybe what the tone uh, has been like. And given that he wasn't on the clock, he wasn't functioning in an official Apple capacity, it seems reasonable to me to ask the question, was somebody looking for an opportunity? I don't know, we'll have to see who ends up in this position longer term.
2: Interesting, interesting, Kelly. Kim, your thoughts? Yeah, I guess what what plays into this, from in my mind, is, is the fact that most. I mean, that's astonishing, uh, Kelly. Story, Kelly, and but it, the the reality is that you know most certainly major corporate organisations, even smaller, you know, boutique organisations such as ours. I mean, the reality is you, you know you've got people in your business who are keeping an eye out on on everything that's that's relevant and appropriate inside of a business and, and it's it's quite often the older uh, more staid and you know in their old style ways uh, people in the business who have really got to pick their socks up and should be living the values that most companies will have formally and informally inside the business and unless people are prepared to be respectful and authentic and genuine about the, the values that are in a business and the culture of the yeah. business they can't expect to be there for very long because there's going to be people driving those things from the ground up yeah. in any organization these days. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Kim and Kelly and folks uh, don't
0: quote Dudley Moore movies, uh, <laughs> yeah. regardless of where you are in an organization. It's not a good move. Uh, and if, and Kelly, thank you for keeping it fa- family friendly, but it really, of course, it was, even if it was quoted and um, just what a dumb thing to say just dumb. And and like Shelly says, what is wrong with these people? (laughs) But I'll tell you, let's see, Kelly, you mentioned hard nosed. Uh, It's been quite an interesting time right now for senior organizational executives. Y'all may have seen uh, beyond Meat. their COO. Well, I think his name is Douglas Ramsey. He was at a university of Arkansas football game, evidently, allegedly got into a tussle uh, after the game in the parking lot. And he bit the tip of someone's nose off. Uh, what in the world? Oh. Yeah. So y'all check out
1: <laughs> so don't quote Dudley Moore and don't tussle, please. That's right. no, tussling. Tussle. And don't bite oh. people's noses off, also. <laughs> oh, gosh. we don't do this um, in
2: rugby and we don't do this in the rugby world one. My <laughs> <no> such thing. <laughs>
0: Um, All right. Well, speaking of uh, Kelly and Kim, we're kind of going around the world and then some uh, from a headline standpoint. But also, um, Kim, talking about um, on the front end, I think you said 14 events in 16 weeks. I got that right, Kim. So um, and just to level set and and, and (laughs) it it, man, what an aggressive schedule. And by the way, you're running a a global company and, and that's busy and growing with the Logistics executive group. Um, just to level set with folks out there, um, uh, Kelly and Kim, Kim does a lot of emceeing of these events. He also is there to to cover it, but uh, he's rubbing elbows with uh, CEOs and senior level practitioners, you name it. Um, so what I want to pose to you, Kim, is give us the goods. What are some of the common themes from the, all those conversations you're having around the world? And what are some of the things that uh, are on the minds
2: of, of these executives? Okay. So so just to put a bit of science to the back into that uh, there, Scott. So we're talking the cities have been in the last 15, 16 weeks, Dubai, Mumbai, Abu Dhabi, London, Birmingham, Sydney, Singapore, Brisbane, Rotterdam, Madrid, Barcelona last week, uh, Madrid next week, Geneva, and uh, and a couple of others and about six more to go. Just it's been, and, and I think the reason for that, guys, is... Everybody wants to be back out again. A lot of countries haven't been circulating, not a lot of travel. People want to get face-to-face in the supply chain again, and it's very, very important. And the human element of supply chain, and these are two, three, four, and sometimes four-and-a-half-day conferences, as in Barcelona last week, um, conferences where people are having events every night, the networking is more than the 23 years I've been in this business since I started it as a founder, I've never seen people so keen to network, hear what's going on, find out what the trends are, talk about uh, talent and and uh, obviously all the technical issues. But the big trends I'm seeing, are one thing is very, very strong is that, that while it may not be the great resignation in many Companies, and you talked a little bit about this before, Kelly, um, about people taking options about where they're going to work, how they're going to work. Their flexibility has got to be built in where possible to, to organizations. So, this is what leaders are saying that their talent, that their staff, their employees are telling them. We're seeing enormous pressure on um, people with technical skills around e-commerce so we talked about the soft skills and all of the above and the personality kelly near 100 percent right there but also people who understand the world of e-commerce and the way things are going in the digital economy and those are a couple of the big trends that we're seeing and people are talking about right around the world on all of those events um so uh kelly
0: i want to You know, kind of pose the same question. You know, I know y'all have got a big event coming up this week and and I think you do a lot of virtual and and now in-person keynotes. I saw some of your work in the last few weeks. What are some of the, um, so Mastermind Live, I think is the event this week. Is that right, Kelly?
1: Yes, we have Mastermind Live at Art of Procurement tomorrow and Wednesday. So everybody's welcome to join us for that. Fully virtual and free to everybody who wants to sign up.
0: So what do you think? If you had to pick a couple of key themes uh, based on what Kim's already shared or something maybe unique to your community there, Kelly, what do you think folks are going to be talking about?
1: So we're actually trying to bring in people to inspire the very things that we showed in Kim's graphic from earlier about what makes the difference in the hiring process. So it's easy within procurement, sort of like a, I don't know, it's almost tradition at this point that the agenda never needs to change. You talk about the same things every year, spring and fall for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, it's the same things, but we're facing very new challenges. And so we need to think in different ways. And so uh, a couple of the folks that we have coming in to talk this week, uh, one is Thomas Uphoff. He's the former president and CEO at, I'm sorry, Tony Uphoff, from Thomas, confusing my T's, um, but he basically took what was a hundred-plus-year-old organization, paper-based heavy manufacturing, and turned it into a global media enterprise instead. So you have to think very differently to achieve that kind of thing. And then I know, Scott, you're huge into sports. We're actually finishing day two with a former NFL, former NCAA Division I college athlete, Lou Alexander. So he's going to talk about the athlete's mindset and why that's so important for all of us getting through some of the different business challenges that we're dealing with today. It's all about discipline and stamina and teamwork and getting through those challenging times. So we continue to look at similar challenges because procurement has such a defined scope within the business. But it's always about bringing in people who look at the world differently, who think about the world very differently than figuring out what little bits of that all of us can absorb and put to work in our day jobs.
0: Sounds like a wonderful event. Uh, and Lou Alexander, mm-hmm. I look forward to hearing your highlights of his story because there's so much a- applicability
1: there sure right? is.
0: from athletics mm-hmm. to business. And Kim, uh, I know you had a, a wonderful rugby career, I believe. If you had to pick one one transferable quality from the world of rugby and team sports to the business world, what would
2: that be, Kim? Well, just before I share that, I'll uh, just tell you, Scott, that my my glittering rugby career got ended by an American football player in Stanford University when I was <laughs> – it's the first game oh. of rugby you had and he nearly <laughs> broke my spine. That was back in the 80s. That was the end of my Ouch. representative uh, rugby career. So uh, ouch, exactly. I was walking like a crab for about three years. But uh, <laughs> look, you know, I think I think the key. <laughs> that I mean, the, the the famous All Blacks from New Zealand, from my home country. Um, they they have the, the there's a fantastic book that's been written about that. Anybody wants to um, uh, get a hold of me and LinkedIn, I'll share it, share it with me. I know the owner The author, um, I'll share it with them. But yeah, the, the key principles are being humbleness and completely being self-effacing in terms of the team and being prepared to to take the smallest possible role in anything for the betterment of the jersey. So in New Zealand, we call it, we, we live and, and play for the jersey. We don't play for ourselves and more than anything for the legacy of those who have gone before us. And this is a famous part of the all-black culture and legacy in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I love that. Man, I love bees, that. Song. Being the world's being the world's uh, strongest performing uh, professional sport team of any code globally, anything really, in, even remotely, yeah, more more, successful. and they're the current they're more the current su- world no, champs, right? South Africa is the world championship at the moment. We do like to share it around. <laughs> 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 well, well said. And I'm, I wasn't laughing
0: at your injury. I liked it. It was funny how you said you're walking like a crab for three years. That was kind of funny. I think anyone's been hurt uh, athletically can relate. But um, <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for sharing. Thank you I'm for sharing. On. There's a lot we can <laughs> there's a lot we can learn, uh, continue to learn from uh, athletics, uh, including the wide world of rugby. Um, all right. I'm gonna share a couple of quick comments here. We, we're going to finish on, some, on a good news sprint. So, Kim, uh, we're going to touch on a great initiative your nonprofit uh, is up to. And, Kelly, we're going to have time to get some good news from the world of Buyer's meeting point and Dow p and Art of Procurement. So get ready. But first, Gloria Mar says, uh, going back to that story about uh, the Apple executive, wrong people in the wrong role. Don't they get investigated? Sorry for the military term, before getting hired. Now, Gloria Mar, yeah, it's a great point. Due diligence. Um, let's see, Shalindra. Says there is no point in uh, supply chain reporting to operations or finance. Supply chain and procurement is a department and needs to report either to the COO or the CEO to get the best results from this department. Now, there's lots. Uh, Shalanda, great, great uh, take there. There are so many different opinions on reporting and hierarchy uh, yes. across supply chain, right? Uh, Kelly, uh, you know quick response to Shalindra there?
1: Sure. I mean, one of the things, and this is funny because uh, Phil Eidson that I work with at Art Procurement, one of the things he says all the time is that there is no one best in class way to do anything. And so depending on what industry your company is in, how big it is, how global it is, is it manufacturing, is it services, right? Is it tech oriented? It's It should be very thoughtful and purposeful about where, for instance, procurement sits Uh, but fortunately there are as many good places for procurement to sit as there are types of value for procurement to deliver. Um, but it definitely is something that should be very carefully thought through.
0: Agreed, Kelly. I I think if there's any new truth is that especially after the, the, particularly after the pandemic, um, is there is no one size fits all. we got to challenge all assumptions really. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, what works for one organization may not work for a different supply chain organization. Kim, your quick thoughts when it comes to structuring and one size may not fit all.
2: Yeah I think uh, you know what we've been seeing lately is that right across the whole uh, ecosystem for procurement we're seeing a lot more integration when we are placing people in procurement or HR or operations or BD sales organizations are now seeing the absolute necessity for bringing those organizations together and often giving those organizations an opportunity to interview candidates for senior roles who are not directly in their product or in their vertical space and uh, it comes to mind some of the big carriers that we operate both in air and ocean carriers now seeing the need to have that integrated approach and making sure that people right across the business understand and have an opportunity to identify any strengths and weaknesses and people coming in. Yeah. Well said there,
0: Kim. Well said. Uh, and then finally, Thomas says digitization is everywhere in human resources, supply chain management, in transportation, e-mobility and in procurement, by the way, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, we, I want to talk all, you know, one of the good news is one of my favorite topics to ever, uh, ever discuss and, you know, there's a lot of kindred spirits here between Kelly, Kim, and, and myself in terms of um, what makes up good news, and that's oftentimes it's it's helping others and, and serving uh, the greater good, and, and as Kim put it eloquently when it comes to rugby, you know, serving the jersey and all the, your predecessors, you know, just doing good things, right, for others, lending a helping hand. Um, one of our greatest challenges we have right now, especially in recent years, is bridging the digital divide, right? And the pandemic, unfortunately, really um, brought that to the forefront, right? As, as students were, were in lockdowns and staying home and you saw some homes that didn't miss as much of a beat because they had, you know, wireless and and the the technology they needed in the home. And then on the other hand, folks that didn't have those things, you know, they are much more at risk of falling behind and struggling with their overall education, you know, educational journey. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So, Kim, I'm so glad you shared this pre-show with us, because uh, mm. when it comes to bridging the digital divide, your nonprofit that we've touched on here before, Oasis Africa, uh, you've got a, a really neat uh, recent effort. Tell us more about this.
2: Yeah, look, it's uh, as you know, we've, we've uh, since 2005, we've uh, educated over 8000 kids in the slums of Nairobi, mainly orphans, um, freedom from poverty through education. Um, and uh, oasisabrica.org.au and uh, last year my business partner actually uh, Darrell Judd was uh, doing some work with our folks at MERSK up in uh, the West Central Asia region and uh, the, uh, the manager of the re- of the local area up there Chris Cook and uh, Sharon as uh, a Kenyan uh, came up with this idea of getting some uh, laptops together and getting them down to Kenya to start feeding laptops. The, from Merck down into our team. So we've got Astral Aviation, Sanjeev Guardia. has got the biggest cargo airline in Africa. It's got about 20-odd wide-body jets. Nobody even knew of this company, right, if they're outside of Africa. But massive company down there, do a lot of carrier work for the for the main carriers, air cargo. And anyway, we all went down there a few months ago. Kamadi um, uh, Cam, went down there and, and Chris Cook and Daryl and myself and a team and the East Africa team from Merck. And we deployed all of these uh, laptops, and now they're putting a whole bunch more of uh, these laptops together. Laptops together for Red Roses School in Oasis, Africa, and it's just awesome. So our kids, even though we have not able to raise as much money as we normally do over twenty, nearly twenty years, um, for those eight thousand kids, we've now got some equipment coming in, and it's getting a high profile for the organization. Love that. So practical. Uh, you know, so many yeah. folks. I mean, even they
0: have access to wireless; they don't have. You know, uh, yep. laptops and different ways to yeah, access got, the wireless. We got that as um, well down there for them. Yeah, I really appreciate that and good work. So, folks, we dropped the link to Kim's nonprofit Oasis Africa there in the chat. Y'all check that out. If you, of course, much like uh, leveraging logistics for Ukraine, that initiative, there's a way that y'all can get involved and help support this great work that's being that's, done.
2: And just on that, Scott, that's over three thousand. Uh, organizations and people in the supply chain since 2005 have taken that organization to educate 8,000 kids. So 3,000 wow. people in the supply chain right across the world. So we'd love to have people come in and make it part of their corporate responsibility program. We can put a program together for them um, to to contribute and be part of what's going on down there. It's, it's, it's huge. Love
0: that. Uh, so, beyond connecting with Kim, we've actually got the email address and the phone number here uh, on the screen admin at oasisafrica.org.au and the phone number 0413 587 577. But of course, it's just as easy to connect with Kim Winner on LinkedIn. Kim, you were going to
2: add? That's an, that, that's an Australian phone number, so plus six one. But uh, just hit me on LinkedIn. We'd love to talk to you about it, any way you'd want to help or contribute. Thank you. Ken.
0: And more importantly, thank you for what you, you know, the results uh, that you and the team are are doing there. And that's just one of the uh, many initiatives that you are up to. All right, Kelly Barner, that's gonna be tough to top. Uh, but uh, I know, uh, we, we've collaborated together on many of the um, good news initiatives that you and, and Phil Addison, the whole buyer's meeting point and our procurement uh, family have been involved in what's, what's been a good piece of good news for you lately?
1: You know what, as my piece of good news, I actually want to focus on something that Kim just said. He talked about all of this good being done by a company that nobody's ever heard of. And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about culture, right? You know, people choosing where they work based on what the culture of the organization is like. We've seen examples at Apple where maybe this isn't such a good situation and maybe somebody needs to move along. But I think as much as we saw a blurring during the pandemic of people not knowing, when they were being personal and when they were being professional i also think there's been sort of a bleeding in the other direction that's a good thing we're all very much putting our personal causes on the line and and there are many companies buyers meeting Point certainly we have our philanthropic efforts i know supply chain now has a lot of philanthropic efforts even members of the supply chain now team have causes that they personally are committed to and that they give all of us opportunities to know that we're doing good with the money that we give. You don't have to be a big, huge company that everybody's heard of in order to make a difference in somebody's life. You can be a company that nobody's ever heard of. And I will gladly put Buyer's Meeting Point on that line. Nobody you know, in the world has ever heard of Buyer's Meeting Point, but that doesn't mean that we can't do good. And I think not worrying about anybody hearing about the good that we've done, unless they can help or not hearing of our company, doesn't matter. Every single one of us can make a difference. I just, I love how empowering that is.
2: Agreed. Just to, just Agreed. to add to that one quickly, uh, Kelly and Scott. So, so Astral Aviation is a fa- family company started way back in the 80s by Sanjeev, and he was delivering aid. Flying unbelievable missions to deliver aid for Sudan and what in those days, Beafra, for the UN in in uh, contracted aircraft. He now owns more aircraft, cargo aircraft, in Africa than any other company, and supplies services to the globe to every carrier worldwide. And starting the most humble people know the family very very well, based in Nairobi and Kenya, and they're ex- they're spreading out across the world. So. Great, great that they, they were in debt to start with to do all this humanitarian work, and look at them now. It's yeah. a great story, and thanks to sanjeev and thanks to the MERS folks in MERSC and Dubai and East Africa for all the work they're doing. Excellent, excellent uh, points there, Kelly and
0: Kim. Uh, and by the way, to bring it home, um, you know, on this topic of good news, and you know, we all know that the uh, the challenges that that folks across Florida and even South Carolina yes. are going through due oh, yeah. to uh, what's going to be a historic storm with Hurricane Ian. Uh, there's a lot of different organizations that are involved that are helping folks in Cuba, and, you know, across the Western Hemisphere. But make sure you do your homework, because as Kelly and Kim, as we know, there's a lot of bad actors out there. One vetted, trusted organization we've known for quite some time, a nonprofit, is called um, the American Logistics Aid Network. So y'all check out alanaid, A-L-A-N-A-I-D.org. If you want to get involved and then, you know, there's no such thing as too small of a donation. So uh, lots of folks in need right now in different ways. Um, Okay. So we are very efficient today. It's 1252. Uh, we've gone around the world. Then some, I want to make sure let's connect the dots here. And uh Kelly, let's start with you. So, um, you know, dial fee, dial P for procurement, dial fee for pro- for something might be a different series, but <laughs> dial P for procurement buyers meeting point art of procurement, big week this week with the mastermind live event. How can folks connect with you, Kelly?
1: So the best way to get in touch with me is LinkedIn. Um, I always advocate that people subscribe to dial P that way you get the new episodes as soon as they come out. But I promise I am constantly sharing them as Shelly and Jeff and everybody else who's here uh, knows very well. Peter Boley as well. Um, So you definitely won't miss it if you're connected to or following me on LinkedIn. Um, But don't just follow. Join the conversation, right? Just like everybody shared comments today, comment on our posts. Do like Shelly did and share a story that you think needs more coverage. There is more than enough supply chain news to go around and discuss.
0: You're so right. Uh, You're so right. And uh, make sure you all connect with Kelly and all those those points and then some. Uh, Kim Winter, same question for you. And the Logistics nope. Executive Group, love, love the vodcast. It's just one of the many, many projects you're up to. How can folks connect with you, Kim?
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Scott. So easy. Kim Winter, K-I-M, Winter, LinkedIn, uh, should be the number one that you find uh, is an influencer on LinkedIn. Uh, or Logistics ex- Executive, the hub of your supply chain, Logistics Executive The hub of your supply chain or logistics executive group, logistics (laughs) executive group, and again oasisafrica.org.au. We would love you to come and join our party and really help these kids out moving forward. It's been a tough. It's been a tough two years for most people um, in schools in Africa, in particular. Um, We need all the help we can get. Agreed. Uh, So much truth there. Well,
0: thank you both. Uh, Kim Winner and Kelly Barner really enjoyed this hour. You know, uh, we haven't mentioned Greg White yet. So uh, Greg typically joins me on the buzz every Monday. He is, uh, he's undergoing some travels. I think, uh, well, his chiefs won last night in a hotly contested game against the bucks. And I'm sure he's happy uh, this morning. So Greg, wherever you are, safe travels to you and uh, completely agree. Shelly says, Kelly interacts with the comments. Yes. A lot of folks will drop something out there in a social media stratosphere and, you know, uh, and you'll never hear from them again. Kelly is, <laughs> is right there in the comments and um, always uh, uh, lots of learnings there. Me
2: too, Shelly. Me too. Send me a message. <laughs> you'll get a
0: response. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, folks, uh, hopefully wherever you are, Um, You have a great week ahead. Big thanks again to Kelly Barner and Kim Winter, the one and only Kelly Barner and the one and only Kim Winter. I'll tell you, uh, wonderful, wonderful people, lots of kindred spirits that are really doing big things in the industry, but also in their communities. Um, Folks, hopefully you've enjoyed the last hour. Big thanks to the production team. Big thanks to everybody that showed up and all the great comments, including a a lot of those we couldn't get to here today. But on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, it's all about deeds, not words. So on behalf of our team, Scott Luton signing off now, challenging you, all of our listeners, to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram.